0: Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falaci, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Welcome, and I am eager to jump in today. I'm just going to continue what we just Meditated on for communion, and you know, um, you know, with each passing week, and you know, with things always shifting and changing, uh, yeah, this word, this this idea, or this direction of hope was so impressed on my heart. And because, uh, as I explained a little bit last week, that as we really begin to uncover what this hope is. It needs to be a game changer. Like it's, it, it should change how we live. It should change how we navigate through difficulty, through good times, through bad times. It, it, it should change. It's transcendent. And I think it's human nature and hearing things enough that we can begin to lose kind of the impact or magnitude of something. And I don't want to... Be like that because it's our engine. I mean, the, the hope of our calling is our engine. The hope of Jesus with us is our engine. And I want us to be a victorious people. doesn't mean bad things won't happen as we're going to see. Who could say an amen to that? I mean, come on. Jesus said in this world there'll be trouble, so come on. But how we deal with it is very different because we serve a God and everything we do has potential to bring glory to God so there's a higher purpose for our actions, And in that, we find life. And it's outside the routine of faith, but it's in the trenches of application. It's in the trenches where the application really is where we can find the life of the hope or not. And um, let's read Ephesians 115. Um, We landed on this last week, but it's worth repeating. It says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Meaning, things are going pretty good. The word has gotten to Paul. Think that They're cranking at some level. They're doing good. They're doing well. Good, that's improper. They're doing well. But watch what he prays for. Making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may what know know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints paul knew he heard of their faith in the lord jesus christ he was pleased it encouraged him, but yet he knew tendency is that as things can begin to begin, 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 become difficult, hope can be lost. Hope can become dim. And so he was saying, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would open your eyes to the knowledge of him so that you would know beyond all doubt the hope of your call. You see, the hope of your calling that's very different than the hope of good things than the hope of a better life, or the hope of this, hope of this achievement and the hope of. that. And there's nothing wrong with us having hope in little things and accomplishments. But if that's all we have, it's really not hope at all. But see, the hope of the calling says something it speaks a better word. It speaks into everything that we might deal with, every situation, every difficulty, every bit of confusion every bit of hurt, every bit of pain. And we're going to see that see, he never fails. And we, in the middle of these things, can become different and transformed and actually grow from it and not be destroyed. Now, before I read this, Romans 5.1, the unfortunate part is that growing... And hope often comes through difficulty. It, I, I could just talk from experience. Hey, when God blesses you, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And it, do, it does help. It really does. I mean, your hope grows when things are going well. But when things are turned upside down and you're forced to now navigate according to faith and a promise, and then he shows up, let me tell you, that hope changes you. And I don't want us to waste difficulty and send us backwards. I want it to propel us forward. And Paul knew this. Paul says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And now watch. And not only that, but we also glory and rejoice in tribulations, in difficulties, What's this word? Knowing. Like knowing. Not guessing. Not like knowing. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character what? He knew this. And he knew this because he lived it. If you know anything about Paul's life and his, and his journey. His mission, I mean, this dude was facing difficulty more than he was like blessing, as we would count blessing. He learned this. And so this is the promise. This is the hope of our calling that even difficulty can produce hope. Who? I mean, often I would say sometimes the world would say sometimes difficulty can rob you of hope. And when the thing that you've been hoping for is taken away, what are you left with? You know, this is very different. This is a mindset that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? In the trenches, when things are difficult, that's when our minds are tested the most. Who would say all of us are survivors at some way? We've learned to survive. We've learned to cope. We've learned to deal. We've learned to overcome. Nothing wrong with that. But often God is going to challenge those mechanisms in us because it has everything to do with us and less about him. And then when we reach our place where we can't handle it, we check out. We stop moving forward, we retreat, we isolate, we become something that God didn't intend for us to be, but he wanted us to know the hope of our calling in this so that we could walk differently and not defeated. Now, how does he do, like, what does this look like? You know, he says, well, tribulations produce this and then a perseverance and a persevering character and persevering character and hope. How, like, but how, what does this look like? That's a great statement, but really what does this look like? Because I think if we don't know what this looks like practically, we might miss it. Or we might overthink what it means. Well, first, let's look at Romans 8, 37. We touched on this last week also. Yeah, in all these things, we are what? More than through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing Shall be able to separate us from the what? Love of, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So let's just stop there for just a second before we even get into trials and difficulties and how we have victory in that. You have to look at the fact, the truth that he says, we are more than conquerors. And then if, if you don't read on, you don't understand the context of that, necessarily. What he says is, we're more than conquerors in anything we might face because the love of Christ is always with us. So one more time, we are more than conquerors because the love of Christ can never be removed from us and is always there. No matter what is happening, the love of Christ is the most important thing that we have. The love of Christ revealed through his Holy Spirit and the promises that come from that is the most important thing we have. So he said, You're more than a conqueror because even in the middle of a battle, you have victory because God is with you. Even in the middle of it, and you're confused and things are happening, you have victory because the love of Christ is with you and will not separate you no matter what comes against you. So that changes your perspective on how you are facing your difficulty. Like, God is with me. Who can be against me? Easy to say. Harder to walk, right? Easy to say, harder to walk it out. But he is saying, this is why you are more than conquerors. Because it's not just about winning the battle. It's about Jesus' love being revealed to you and changing you through it. Because we can win battles. We can overcome things without Jesus, right? But to be changed through it and to submit your life through it. And to say, I don't matter as much as God matters through something. See, that's more than a conqueror because life, the enemy would love to take you out at the knees and make you doubt everything, everything and change your course. He wants you to retreat He wants you to isolate. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to take everything you're experiencing and justify not being a follower because you doubt and you start self-preserving. He's like, no, Jesus didn't live a life of self-preservation. He went in. He went in no matter what he felt. He went in knowing that as God was leading him, it was where he is supposed to be and same with us. Now, As we face difficulty, every anyone face difficulty in here. Anybody? Okay. I want you to know. I've already said it. We have victory within the battle, within it, not after it, within it. Even if you, even if you think you're losing, you're winning. So let's look at two Corinthians four seven. Let's start here, and it says, Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the Holy Spirit, God with us. That the excellence of the power that is working through us may be of who? And not of? When you need power the most, when do you need it the most? <laughs> when you're battling. <laughs> when you're struggling, right? Like when you are facing something that you feel depleted is when you need re- that, you know, that, that, that tank to start kicking in. I want to say reservoir, but the, you know what I'm talking about. Reserve. The reserve, thank you. Just simple words escape me. That was awesome. You are an English genius. What a handle on the English. Uh, and you said it with an English accent. Reserve. Moron. <laughs> I would never say that. No. What an idiot. <laughs> reservoir. But that's when you need his power the most, right? So, that the excellence of the power. I looked up excellence. And really, it's really, in the Greek, it's really fascinating because it means a throwing beyond others. It's an abundance. It's a beyond measure. So, he is saying, in trials... In difficulty, when we are depleted, there is an excellence of power that goes beyond anything we could ever know or comprehend that exists with us, within us to get us up and to keep us moving. Because we have these earthen vessels, right? These sinful vessels that have learned so many different thought processes and ways to cope and this and that. And like, but yet, it doesn't stop him from being faithful to keep his spirit within us. That's why we are more than conquerors. This is why we can say, I have victory, even though I feel like I'm losing, because it's all about God working through me, doing something I never thought possible. And I know many of you probably had those moments where you're like, I don't know how I said that. It was God. And someone tries to thank you, and you're like, I know I appreciate it, but it was really God. That was not my instinct. But God gave me these words. See, this is what begins to happen if we yield to this promise and to this hope. And it's hard. It's hard. But the Bible is filled with encouragement to say, keep going. This is what exists over you and in you, even though it doesn't look like it. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. There's something in you that you haven't even tapped And yet some of us are coping in a very fleshly way and we're not experiencing, if anything, we're just building that old self up again. We're waiting to feel better. It's like, you're going to feel better as you get up and walk according to the promise and the hope. So this is what it begins to look like. This is how, if you're in the middle of something very difficult, this is how the power of God can show up. I want you to know this because you can miss it. Paul says this, we are hard pressed on every side. Notice he said, we are hard pressed is to be crowded, right? It's crowded. It's trouble. It's, you know, you ever been in a tight place, man, I'm in a tight place. This is what this, and he's like, expect it. It's going to happen. We are hard pressed. I mean, you are so crowded in, you can't see the light at, any, at, light at the end of any tunnel. You're just, you're crowded, right? And, and I don't like crowds, and I'm short, so when I'm crowded, I can't see anything. And my whole family is short, so we're just lost, wandering through the crowds, <laughs> wishing we had tall friends, <laughs> right? But that, it, it's this awful feeling. But watch what it says yet not crushed. Wow. You see the difference? Because of the Spirit of God. You could be crowded, and you could feel like you're going to be crushed, which means you literally are trampled on and flattened out, rendered useless. It's like, but you're not going to be crushed because of the power of God in you. You will not be crushed. But some of us, uh, some of us are walking around and living like we are crushed. Right, it's hard. It's hard. There, do you see how there's there's a there's he's distinguishing the two? Yes, you will feel crowded and pressed. Don't mistake in it for being crushed. But some of us allow ourselves to be crushed because we have lost hope and understanding. You are not crushed. You are very much upright. Jesus was often, I mean, crowded. Right. But yet he kept moving. It's just this picture, crowded, but not crushed. His ministry never stopped. Paul, same thing. He kept moving. He kept moving in the face of anything that might come against. I know this is hard. This is hard. I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. Some of you today here are crushed. Some of you watching today are crushed. You've tapped out. And you're waiting and you're waiting. I'm like, God is saying today is the day you get up. And just move. Whatever that looks like. Now. Here's an awesome promise attached to this. Because. When we are hard pressed. I believe that's when we are tempted the most to sin. When we are hard pressed. And feel like we have been depleted of everything. We have seen no hope. That is our tendency to self-medicate and to cope. That's when we want to drink the most. That's when we want to escape the most. That's when we want to retreat the most. That's when we want to give up the most. You see, temptation comes through difficulty. And if the enemy can get you to doubt that God is with you, just, all right, just do it. Just check out. It's okay. You you need it. This will help. This will help. You see... That's why, if we don't understand that we're not crushed, see we're just going to give, if I'm crushed, what does it matter? What's it matter if I just go sin and sin and do what I need to do? I'm crushed anyway. No. And sometimes sin is disobedience to what God is saying. It's not an obvious like sin. It's saying no to what God tells you to do. I don't want to get up and get moving. I'm crushed. See, that's temptation. That's us falling into temptation. Watch 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Meaning, if you think you got this, you don't got it. You're only standing by the power of God. And we know that at any time, life could come and crowd you and knock you over, right? And if it's all about you, you'd have, ten- you, you have the potential to be crushed. And then to fall into sin. Now Watch. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. We all struggle, we all deal, we all have issues. He's like, but it's common to us. And God, watch this, but God is what? Faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And that comes through hope. And what is the way of escape? Obedience. Standing up under it. Speaking to yourself. Hope. Hope. Worshiping. Meditating on the promises of God. In those moments when your flesh is just screaming, right? Just screaming. Come on, do it, do it, do it. And sometimes it's deceitful and you think you're doing the right thing. But is your life feeling like you're doing the right thing? Do you feel energized? Do you feel this? Do you feel no. If you look at it long enough like no, this action is not creating in me that sense of victory. This isn't giving me a sense that I can move and that I'm not a victim. Things happen, but you're never a true victim. You might be victimized and things might happen to you, but in Christ, you see, there is, you can overcome it. Always. Cuz he promises. And he will give you a way to bear it. Isn't that awesome news? Anyone ever been in a position where you think, I can't bear this? This is too much. This is absolutely too much. I've been there. It's like, what's well, too much for you, <laughs> but not for me. Because there's an excellence of power that lives within you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have the power of God in you to get you through it? So now, let's go back to Corinthians. What, what's, look, look, now look what he says. We are what? Okay, it's a, he's stating a fact. Paul, meaning doubt, at a loss. Paul doubted. We are perplexed. There were situations that created questions. It's okay to doubt, just don't let doubt lead you. Come on. It's a, if, our, if the disciples didn't show you the patience of Jesus and what it is to be a follower, doubt always leads to a question being answered if you allow it. But if you allow it to send you backwards, that's not doubt, that's disbelief. So Paul's saying, man, we are perplexed. We are confused. Why is this happening? I thought we were supposed to do this, and now we're getting persecuted over here, and I thought we were supposed to go, now I'm in jail. You know, we are perplexed. But here's the good news of the power of God resting in you and the hope of the calling. He says, but not in despair. Despair is destitute of measures or resources. It's to renounce all hope to be utterly at loss. The Spirit of God, if we allow it, will prevent us from going from doubt to the utter loss of hope. It's renouncing of hope. So if things are happening around you that are confusing you, that are hurting you, that are making you question things, don't let it lead to actions that look like you are renouncing hope. And sometimes we as individuals retreat. And that is one of the number one signs of being of renouncing hope is that we retreat. He's like, "No, we're perplexed, but we keep moving because we're not in despair. We haven't given up hope. Why? Because Jesus Christ and his spirit is in us." This is this is navigation. This is what it looks like, but it's hard. And we have to be able to offer up every choice and everything that we've been deciding and living and say, Lord, show me if this is of you or of me. Am I retreating to protect myself? Because I don't have hope that you could really protect me and help me. Help me, help me see, help me see my actions for what they are, because I know that you have planned and ordered my steps for good works The hope of my calling is that I am called and I'm here to follow you and you lead people right into difficulty so they come out on the other side even more hopeful. Am I giving you that chance? Or am I isolating myself and retreating and trusting in myself instead of going, no, Lord, I want to do what you need me to do no matter what I think. Because God's glory is, I don't want to say it's at stake, but it is at stake if we're not obedient. If we're living like the rest of the world and responding like the rest of the world, where's the glory of God in that? Where is it? Well, it's nowhere. I'll answer it. It's nowhere. This is why Paul is saying we are perplexed. We do have moments of confusion. We are at a loss mentally, but we keep going because we're not in despair because of the Spirit of God. Some of you are in despair today, but you know what? All hope isn't lost, it's actually gained. Because he's patient and kind and merciful. The one word I want you to remember today keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You will know what that means for you. Keep going. This is the hope of the calling that we can keep going no matter what. We don't respond as the world responds. We respond as ones that are filled with hope and the love of God, and the faithfulness of God, who has placed the excellence of his power with us, within us, so that when we keep going, he is glorified. And we're like, I, I, it was God, not me. It was God, not me. I wanted to do anything but what I'm doing. You know, and so, Romans 5 5 says this now hope does not disappoint. What a guarantee. Godly hope does not disappoint because here we go back again to what the truth is over our lives. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. <laughs> the love of God is our hope. <laughs> Who's ever gone through difficulty and you feel so isolated and alone? Can you imagine what the love of the creator and a perfect God can do to help you in that situation? The love of God is our anchor. But if we doubt it and it leads to renouncing hope in that love, see, we can't experience it. But man, if we keep going, we get to experience the reality and truth that his hope does not disappoint. The love of God is revealed if we keep going, keep going, keep going. Look at Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, now watch this, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, this is so important, which passes what? What? that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, I love that, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Come on. That is made manifest during times of trouble and difficulty. Do you understand that the only experience we have with love really is what we know from each other? And that fails. This is a knowledge of his love passes our understanding. Meaning we may revert back to our own understanding of what love is during times of crisis and doubt his love and lose the opportunity to grow in his love. He loves us enough to allow trials so that he can go in with us and express and demonstrate his love to us in the middle of it. Then we begin to get it just a little bit saying, oh my goodness, what? This doesn't make sense. Exactly. (laughs) But it's awesome. And then he says, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, meaning even in the middle of the trial, We could be praying for something. He's like, that's great. I'm hearing you and I know what I'm doing, but I can do even beyond what you can even think or imagine in this. That's the hope. But if we retreat, if we isolate, if we go back and stop and become paralyzed and wait for things to pass or wait, he's like, no, you will experience this truth as you dare pick yourself up and move and allow me. So some of you just need to hear that. Keep going. He's not punishing you. He is disciplining you. It's a big difference. Purifying you. He's growing you. Then he says, and then 2 Corinthians 4.9, he says, we're persecuted. Really, it's to be pursued in a hostile manner. And there's different, I mean, there's different degrees of persecution here in this room. But, you know, let's take the word persecution out of it because I think we might kind of have a mental image of what that is. There just might be a lot of people in your world that are hostile towards you that are against you. Right? They make life hard. They they bring up that <clears throat> in you. Right? And you you just want them gone. And he's like, "Listen, we're persecuted." But but we're not forsaken. Why does he connect those two? Because often in the middle of that, we can really think, God, are you even on my side? Are you with me? Why why are you allowing these people to treat me like this? Why, why, why? He's like, I'm with you. I'm with you. You can navigate through this differently. Because to lose the battle would be to respond in sin. And you know you lost, but it feels good. (laughs) Where we could respond to these persecutors. In a way that we're moving forward in faith, (laughs) knowing that God is with me. And if he is for me, who can be against me? Really nobody, but there are people against you. It's like, do you let them win? Hope. Hope, hope, hope hits us all. It's not easy, but that's why we have to continually remind ourselves of hope. The hope of the calling I mean, look what he says in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 3.16. Be strong and of good courage. Why? We're about to enter the promised land. Because there's enemies. Because there's some major issues on the other side of the Jordan. But watch, watch. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. Watch this. He is the one who goes where? with you. He will not leave you, nor what? Jesus sent them into the battle. God sent them in. Like, he's like, don't worry about what you see. I'm actually with you. I'm the one ordering your steps. I am leading you straight into the fire, but I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Never for a minute doubt, no matter how formidable the foe is. He is with you. And it could be a person, it could be a situation, it could be culture. I don't know what it is, but sometimes things can feel so big and so overwhelming that we just stop and don't cross over into God's will. He is with us. He's with us. He's with us, church. That's why it was so awesome to hear you sing today, your voices, and just like we're surviving, we're moving, we're singing praises, we're becoming a light in the darkness. We're becoming those who trust in the power of God within us because we know that the glory of God can be demonstrated through us and through our worship and through our encouragement. You see, it's like, mm, I get excited. And then Paul goes on to say this now in verse 9. Struck down. Struck down means to be knocked down. Meaning we will fall. Things could happen that make us Fall. We could be struck down, but there's a big difference between being struck down and then not destroyed. Struck down. Some of us have stumbled so much and have so much shame and guilt over our own stumbling that we've allowed it to destroy us. Or something has happened that it it, it happened to you and whatever it was, it struck you down, it knocked you down and you let it keep you there. And God is saying, it's time for some of you to get up because you're not destroyed. I mean, if you watch boxing or MMA, I mean, you know the difference between just being knocked down and then knocked out, right? The eyes in the back of the head, the drooling, everything, you're out. They're not going to let this match continue. There's no way. That's not us. We may take a roundhouse kick to the face, but we get right back up. We're not destroyed. Some of you hear this. You are not destroyed. Stop acting like it. And Jesus would say that with a lot more love because he loves you. Well, I love you. (laughs) He loves you more. You see the difference? This is what the power of God in the middle of a battle looks like. Yes, we might get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Stop acting like you're destroyed. Stop it. Move. Keep going. The body needs you. We need you. We're not complete without you. We are not complete. And this is why we're here to encourage one another, to remind each other of the promises over us and help. Sometimes you need someone to like help you up. Really, This is so comfortable down here. And some of us like to fall, but then we just, we just let that fall become... We just let it go. Like, we fall, and then we start running into things, and then we start rolling down hills. I mean, we just let the fall go on and on and on, right? It's like, no, get up. Or we can overreact. Like, I don't want to be like soccer players. You know what? They're barely hit, and they flail on the ground like they've been shot with a bazooka, you know? And we all see it. We don't want to be Jesus is out there. Get up, Ross. Come on. Stop flailing around like some fish out of water. <laughs> <It> Hurt. <laughs> and I'm not minimal. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> but see, this is, the promise has got to pick us up by our bootstraps. Yeah. That's why it's there. We got to, sometimes you need a good friend to say, stop being scared and move. Yeah. Do you have someone in your life that's going to challenge your decisions? If you're not being proactive, for God. Like, stop it, Russ. You're not destroyed, but I feel that. It's a feeling, and feelings are deceitful. They are deceitful. You have to allow different voices in your life, especially, and I mean faith voices, that are, that are praying for you and dare say something that might ruffle your feathers and upset you. We speak the truth in love. And I'm here as a pastor saying, some of us are acting like we're destroyed. And as you're acting destroyed, it's handicapping the body because we need you. Because God has put us all together as he sees fit so we can move. But if you're paralyzed with fear, and if you're not moving, if you think that you're in despair, you've renounced all hope, and you're struck down, not just struck down, but destroyed, and you've just rendered yourself flattened and crushed, It's not just about you. It's about everybody. We're here for each other. So this is a route for all of us, no matter where. Come on, keep going, right? Do we have the hope of God or not? We need each other. Not destroyed. We're not knocked out. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he what? Okay, so it's inevitable. You either fall by your own devices or you get knocked down. He shall not be utterly cast down or destroyed. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Come on. He upholds you and he moves you. And you get to experience the grace and the mercy and the power of God in a whole new way. But it takes trust. It takes trust. Because he's going, he's going with you, right? Any parents in here? <laughs> See, like, I think the best part about being a parent is when your kids are little and they have these irrational fears, but you're there to help walk them through it. I was talking in the first service about remember the, uh, the aquarium. I know they're terrified. If you've ever been to the Denver Aquarium, there's this like this flash flood like. I mean, it's, hor- it's, hor- it's horrifying I mean it's loud, there's water rushing it's like what happened to the happy fish now we're in the middle of a flash flood right? Uh, but we knew obviously this is okay but walking our kids through we're not going to take them around it we wanted them to deal with it and see this is really okay and you walk them through it we didn't allow it to crush them yeah it might be confusing <laughs> where's all the water coming from we're going to die I know it feels like it but it's not it's gonna, it, come on See, he's with us. And that, yes, they might have tripped in the middle of that, and I just dragged, I just dragged my kids. <laughs> You're going to get through this. It's okay. No, I'm just <laughs> totally kidding. Let's go see the sharks now. Just trying to make it relatable. But he says this in 2 Corinthians 4.10, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, because that that's one half of the gospel. That he died so that he could live. And we have died so that we can live. That the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Woo! Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We need each other. We need each other. God is with you. So of you just need to hear that today. Real simple. God is with you. Let it change how you act and believe. Amen. Let's pray think I'm done. Am I done? You looked at me like I had more. I can keep going, so let's if, <laughs> if we go back to creation and just <laughs> that tree sure looks good. The fruit sure looks good. It'll make me better. No, it won't. It really won't. Don't bite on that. You all, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Again, Lord, as, as your truth is revealed and this hope does come with responsibility, but Lord, it's worth it. And I pray all of us, wherever we are, Lord, are encouraged, not condemned or discouraged. But we're hopeful, not despaired. Lord, that those that are feeling destroyed will be able to rise up. That those who are feeling crushed can just rise up and know that it might be a little crowded, might be a little perplexing, but you are with us. You are with us. Lord, remind each of us that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made for amazing purposes in you, Lord, to glorify your name and nothing can thwart your will, Lord. I pray that your grace and mercy and love can calm hearts and create a peace that passes understanding. Lord, and help all of us pray with courage to say, Lord, show in me what is not of you. All of us. So that we can move through our individual difficulties in a way that builds character and hope. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Father. You are our Savior and our Lord, our mighty King. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falaci, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website, at RussFalaci.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.